Canola Week wraps up today. One of the presenters this week was Chris Vervet with the Canadian Oilseed Processors Association. I'm happy to present to Canola Week again this year um, and to speak to everyone about canola processing expansion in Canada and some of the investment drivers and opportunities um, that we see coming our way over the next four to five years as it relates to expanded crush and opportunities for the canola value chain. I think many um, are aware of the expansion announcements that took place uh, earlier in 2021. And um, it's really been an unprecedented um, suite of announcements with regards to expanded crush this year. As you can see on the map, the investments are centered in Saskatchewan and we have expansions uh, announced by Richardson's in Yorkton. We have new builds in Regina by Cargill and Viterra. And then we also have a new player with regards to potential crush in Canada with Series Global and their announcement in Northgate, Saskatchewan. Combined, these four companies' investments uh, total roughly $2 billion. Um, and I'll unpack some of the other opportunities uh, that are related to this expanded crush in subsequent slides. The next slide uh, talks about the canola production and crush that has occurred over the last number of years. And of course, where we see the crush uh, projected going out to 2025. So as you can see from this slide, uh, there has been strong growth in the canola value chain over the last 20 years, whether it's on crush capacity, actual crush volumes, and of course, canola production. So in 2020, uh, the capacity for crush was approximately 11 million metric tons a year. Um, and what was actually processed or crushed in 2020 was 10.3 million metric tons. In 2020, we had nearly 19 million metric tons of canola production. So when you look at crush relative to canola production in 2020, it was about 57% of total production. So uh, more than half of what is grown in Canada is processed in Canada. By 2025, uh, based on the announcements that were made for expanded crush um, earlier this year, we see capacity growing to 16.7 million metric tons. So that's a 5.7 million metric ton increase from the current crush capacity, representing a 50% increase in crush uh, from where we currently stand. Um, if we assume that the processing facilities can operate at approximately 90% of capacity, we would peg actual crush volumes by 2025 at roughly 15 million metric tons. We do hope and we have confidence in the canola industry's ability to produce more canola. We, of course, as a value chain, have a target of 26 million metric tons of canola production by 2025. And when if we see that production come to fruition and we see the crush expansion come to fruition, the amount or the percentage of crush uh, by 2025 would be 58%. So what I'm trying to explain here is that although we see a large amount of crush expansion, as long as we do continue to see the production of canola increase as well in this country, we still are roughly processing approximately half of all of the canola that is grown in this country. 
So essentially, crush expansion aligns with the value chain and the Canola Council's goals out to 2025. That was Chris Vervet with the Canadian Oilseed Processors Association. Saskatchewan Agriculture is hosting their annual agronomy research update this week. One of the presentations featured Mike Hall and some of the research he's been involved in looking at the impact variety selection could have on the nitrogen management of malt barley. Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler has been sitting in on the webinars this week. Mike Hall is with the East Central Research Foundation in Saskatchewan. In his presentation, he talked about a multi-site research project that looked at whether some of the newer malt barley varieties, which are higher yielding, require more nitrogen than an old variety such as AC Metcalf, and if so, should we be fertilizing these varieties with more nitrogen? The project was conducted at five agri-arm sites around the province in 2020 and in 2021. He noted that in 2021, during the drought, they really didn't have any response to any of the varieties when it came to added nitrogen. It was just too dry and yields were very low. And because of the drought, our proteins were just through the roof. The molsters They really are looking for proteins between 10 and 13, and 13 is pretty high for for some of them. And, uh, you know, when we put no nitrogen down whatsoever, just the soil, background soil nitrogen at 70 pounds per acre was throwing proteins through the roof. We're between 13 and 15% here. The part that's interesting here is, you know, here the blue, which is uh, Metcalf, even though we really didn't see any yield differences between any of the varieties, Metcalf, which is normally a low-yielding variety, still has really high protein compared to AAC Synergy, which is normally a high-yielding variety. So we got these protein differences, even though we didn't necessarily saw the, the yield differences in, in that year. So 2021 was kind of a bust. It was an unresponsive uh, year to the yields were unresponsive to added nitrogen and proteins were really high. So really gave us no information whatsoever to suggest some of the varieties should be fertilized differently. Hall says in 2020, things were different. They saw a good response with AC Metcalf, which is normally lower yielding, reaching its maximum sooner than other varieties such as Synergy, which is what he was hoping to see. And likewise, the proteins were different too. Metcalf got higher proteins than the other two varieties, and it's more responsive, increasing its protein more rapidly than the other varieties as well. That was exactly what I was hoping we would see, because this means that at a given nitrogen rate, Metcalf is going to have more protein, And it means that it's going to reach a a maximum where it's not going to be accepted earlier. So it needs to be fertilized with less nitrogen relative to the higher yielding malt varieties. So let's let's just take 12.5% as the maximum protein we want to aim for for malt here. So we reached that with Metcalf at 115 pounds of soil plus applied nitrogen. 
In contrast, Synergy, we don't reach that 12.5% protein until we've put down 150 pounds of nitrogen per acre of soil plus fertilizer N. So the background nitrogen is 40 pounds on average. So basically what I'm saying here is we're applying 75 pounds to Metcalf, and that's when we max out the protein. And then it takes 110 pounds to uh, Synergy to max out the protein. That's just a portion of Mike's presentation. You'll be able to view his full presentation on the Saskatchewan Agriculture website in the coming days. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.